Hello everybody and welcome back to another Bosnian American Professionals podcast and today's guest is very special to me but before we get to the guest let me introduce myself Nedim Ramic, car accident attorney here in the St. Louis area and my co-host Dr. Avdic, chiropractor here in uh, St. Louis and Avdic, do you want to introduce our guest because I think you guys know each other better than, than I know the, the esteemed doctor with us today Sure. Uh, our guest today is Asad Kivaric. He's a doctor, fellow doctor here in, uh, in St. Louis area as well. But I'll have him tell more about himself. Yeah, so welcome, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know you just got off work and you hurried here to talk to the two of us and to our listeners. Um, you work long hours, don't you? Yeah. Um, I am, as you mentioned, I'm a physician. I'm anesthesiologist. I work uh, uh, at BJ's uh, Barn Jewish Hospital, Washington University, and I am finishing my training right now. During training, we do uh, work relatively long hours. All right. Well, as we like to start with our guests, we kind of like to go back to way back before you ever came to the United States. Back to the <laughs> early 90s. Back to 80s. the roots, right? Back to the roots. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that, like, you know, where you're from and, you know, your story from way back. Uh, I was born in Jagodna. It's a place close to Bratunac. Uh, and um, moved uh, moved to United States in 2002, so when I was 15 years old. You didn't live in Germany or anywhere else, right? No, I did not have opportunity to go to Germany. So throughout the entire war you were in Bosnia? I was in Bosnia, yeah, throughout the whole war. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, we can't touch up on it, but we don't have to. A lot of people don't want to. I know uh, you and my wife went to the same school together back yes, in Bosnia. Yes, and she's uh, also very hesitant to talk about, you know, the happenings of the mm -hmm. yeah, Bosnian we, we went together from since first grade, correct. So when did you come to the United States? What was that? What year was it? It was uh, 2002. That was probably uh, one of the last... Families towards probably which, one of the which last month family. did you come in? I came in April 2002. I came in, yeah, so I came in March. March, I March. Think so, yeah, right around the same time. March 2002, yeah. What was your first impression of the U.S.? Um, it was not what I expected, but I adjusted to it pretty quickly. You know, it was, um, it was definitely, I felt a little bit disappointed initially. And I think, like most people do, do when I it when wasn't I like Beverly Hills. And it wasn't watch. Beverly Hills and uh, all the other uh, glamorous things you see on TV. So, is that what you were expecting as well, like I did Baywatch? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. And then I saw Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> was was St. Louis your first stop in the United States as well, though? Yes, first stop. Okay, and so you were 15. I was 15. Yes, I was a uh, 10th grade, starting 10th grade. Where did you? Where'd you go to high school? Started Gateway High School in the city and then graduated from Hancock High School here in the South County. What's your experience like with the high school system here in the United States? Um, from schools that I've been to, because I started high school in Bosnia, uh, I started a medical high school in, uh, in Tuzla. Uh, I think it's relatively lenient, more lenient and more flexible here. A little more hands-on, a little less kind of a little less intense, more hands-on, and more lenient. That's probably the best way to put it. Did, uh, they did they properly prepare you for college and 
from there now? I think uh, um, I think I had a decent preparation. I think I can attribute most of my preparation to my education in Bosnia. I can freely say that, especially when it comes to sciences. Uh, but I I did learn a lot here too, and um, especially uh, they helped me with the language development. And then uh, your first four years, you went to Webster, right? Yeah, Webster University. Mm-hmm. Went for four years, got my bachelor's in biology and mathematics, um, and then uh, took a year in between, and then started medical school, at Kirksville, Missouri, Kirksville Co- uh, College of Osteopathic Medicine, and then started resident internship and residency at Barnes Hospital at WashU for four years and now uh, in anesthesiology, and now I'm doing cardiothoracic anesthesiology fellowship, which I have six weeks left of, and that's it. For us lay people, (laughs) translate that for us right now. So what exactly do you do? I'm an anesthesiologist, so I I see people before they go to surgery, make sure they're medically optimized, make sure they're ready for surgery. I put people to sleep, I take care of them, make sure they're comfortable, make sure they're safe during the surgery make sure they're safe when they wake up, and I also take care of people in intensive care unit. When I think of anesthesiology, I always think like, okay, the guy walks in, gives you that breather, and you're out. (laughs) But I think there is way more to it than that, right? Uh, There is a lot more to it, and I think, and that's initially what I thought too, and uh, I never actually see myself as an anesthesiologist. I initially started school, and one of the main reasons I picked my school was because I wanted to do primary care, I wanted to be a primary care doctor, and then I, when during my rotations in medical school, I fell in love with anesthesiology, and that's what I wanted to do. And I think at some point you were talking about you were into doing uh, emergency room. Yeah, then I liked, yeah, emergency medicine, and um, but finally I settled on anesthesiology because, I don't know, it, I think it fit my personality best. Mm-hmm. I know my sister-in-law is a nurse, as you know know as well, and I know uh, uh, during school she had to rotate through different uh, medical specialties, I guess. Did you have to do that? Yes, I did. So first two years of medical school, you're in class learning about uh, human body, uh, taking different classes, learning as much as theory as you can in two years, and then second uh, uh, two years you spend rotating to different specialty, internal medicine, emergency medicine, surgery, radiology, all different specialties pretty much you're exposed to during medical school. And that's where you make your decision whether what you want to do and what fits you best and what you can do. Now going back to the bachelor degree uh, yes. that you got in biology and math, now math runs in your family, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so my dad was a my dad was a teacher in Bosnia, and I think uh, he wanted me actually to be a teacher. He pushed for me to be a math professor, uh, and um, I liked math, but I, I it was not it was not my uh, it was not my calling. Also, bro- my brother, right? He, he's a, he's actually a math teacher. He was a math teacher. Currently, he's a, a different job. But so you disappointed your dad? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure he's proud of you, man, you know? I'm sure of that. And when it comes to, you know, you said it was your calling. What drew you to anesthesiology? Um, it's, um, it's acute care of patient. It's you get immediate uh, gratification of medications. For example, if you are in primary care 
and someone comes in with the high blood pressure, uh, your doctor will prescribe you medication, you go home, take medication for two or four weeks and come back and check the blood pressure, check it at home and make sure it works. For me, if somebody is under surgery and having a high low blood pressure, I push medication and I see blood pressure go up or down in uh, 10 seconds. So uh, just instant gratification, it's just physiology, it's like physiology lab in the operating room uh, and it's acute care, it's uh, pretty much uh, very intense and I, that's what I like. You see one of the sickest patients, don't correct, you? Mm -hmm. Correct, correct. And you've got access to some good drugs too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for my patients. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> is, is medical school as hard as everybody thinks it is and uh, everybody is assuming it is? I think it's, uh, um, um, it depends on reason you're going through with it and depends if, uh, pretty much that's the main thing. You have to have determination and right reasons. As you know, law schools, as I heard, it's difficult and but if you know you like it, that's what you want to do, you just do it and you do what you need, what needs to be done to get there. And I think it's the same, uh, same thing with medicine and others I think can probably speak about this same uh it's if you like it if that's what you want to do you're just okay with studying six hours a day every day for for four years if you you're okay with working 70 to 80 hours a week for four years you're okay when somebody calls you 3 a.m in the morning uh, because they have a transplant because you know that that person that's getting a transplant has been waiting for maybe two three years so they can have their life saved you're okay going in because you know you're helping somebody. And if that's a, that's the reasons you do it, then you're okay with it and you go through with it. That, that, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it, Dada? Exactly. Did you just say only six hours a day studying? Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being 25 hours a day. <laughs> but okay. I guess law school's maybe harder. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think the difference here is obviously you guys do a lot more math and sciences whereby we kind of try to focus on the languages. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think they say that only like 10% of the you know English-speaking folks in the United States understand as much of, of the English languages as the attorneys exactly. because we kind of try to focus on the language itself. You know, you, you've heard the term like, you know, if one word can make or break, you know, a contract, a case and that, that sure. Very rare, but it happens. So, you know, that, that's, I think, yeah. the difference, linguistics versus maths and sciences. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you like what you're doing, huh? I love it, man. I will not <laughs> do it in and, and you're soon going to, uh, well, you're graduating, well, not graduating, but in six weeks you're done with your residency and fellowship. And fellowship, yeah. And um, you're starting a new job, right? Yes, I'm starting a new job in two months. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are you doing between six weeks and two months? Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> Enjoy what it lasts, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll probably, this is the last time I'm going to have six weeks in a row for a while, so off. So. Mm. Now, in your residency, you're probably on call a lot when you just set 3 a.m. Yes. call, you've got to show up. Yes. Um, is it stressful? Uh, I think it can be. So the way I do call right now, it's... Uh, I'm on call for seven days straight. So I go to work and I work for however long I need to be there. Probably usually between from 7 a.m. to like 4 or 5 p.m. And if everything's done, I go home and then I'm on call till morning. And then I'm on call for seven days straight. Hmm. Um, 
and uh, if I was called overnight, then I usually I leave and I do not show up next day. Right. So you do get some time off there to, to recharge yes, the batteries. You, 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 do, you do have some time off um, if you're on call to recover. And if you are, uh, for a longer period of time, if you are in the hospital, they do give you like a bed that you can take yes, a little nap. Yes, and definitely. definitely. Yeah. There is a, usually there are call rooms uh, that, that we can uh, rest if in between cases or in between mm -hmm. taking care of patients. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you'll have a there long, long surgery been, that... Yes, there's been times that I've been work, work like 36 hours straight. There's been times, but usually that, that, that happens rarely now. Mm -hmm. Medicine is one of those professions where sooner or later you're going to have a death case. Yes. Has it happened yes. to you guys? Yes. And how hard is it? How do you? How does somebody deal with something like that? It, it is very, very difficult. Um, especially like uh, I remember actually my first time uh, when one of my patients uh, passed. Um, it's I think what makes it easier if you know you do everything you can to help them, and it happens, then it happens, you know. And I think and eventually you just kind of learn to deal with it. As, as time goes on, as you learn to deal with everything else in, the, in your Yeah, life. I mean, as we mentioned, these are very, very, very sick people. Exactly. Dealing with. So going into surgery, s most of those patients know that they may never yes. wake up. Yes. So, so as I said, my, my specialty is cardiothoracic anesthesiology. So I usually, most of, most of my work is taking care of patients who are having heart or lung surgeries. So those are usually sick patients. Uh, usually open heart surgeries, heart transplants, lung transplants, uh, and some, uh, they're obviously less intense things, but those are usually very sick patients. And uh, most of them do well, but you, you expect that some of them don't. And Barnes is one of the top hospitals around here. Yes, we like to make a joke, it's top 10 on King's Highway. <laughs> 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 that is funny. That is funny, but they, they it is, are it's definitely is one of the top, top institutions. Well, as a matter of fact, I just before you came in, I was talking to a client of mine that's, that's currently at Barnes Jewish Hospital. She was involved in an accident, and they airbagged her from the middle of Illinois yeah. to Barnes Bar Jewish Hospital yeah. because they've got the best care in the area, and they were able to help her. She's definitely. up and running after a shoulder surgery, hip replacement, or whatever else she needed to do. So. Sure. Definitely, and that's the spot where you're going to be staying, where you've got a job. Uh, no, I'm actually going to move into uh, to a different hospital, it's a private institution, Saint Elizabeth Hospital in O'Fallon, Illinois. That's when I'm going to be. That's where I'm going to be uh, starting July. Now, go ahead. Now, I mean, uh, but I was actually going to uh, stir away a little bit from the medicine and just go back to personal life. Just uh, whenever you're not having all those busy hours. I know you also have two children, so what do you do? You spend some time with them, hang out with friends. What, what do you like to do? Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much uh, my favorite time is spending time with my kids. Um, so uh, whenever I can, I, you know, after work or when I have time off, that's what I mostly what I do. And obviously I try to spend time with the friends too. Sometimes with you guys, if you if you invite me and stuff. So. <laughs> well, we'll think about future <laughs> invites from here on out. <laughs> we'll have to do something during the six week break, maybe a fishing trip or something. We'll have to figure yeah, something man. out. Yeah, if we can make it happen, that's. Why are we talking? You know who we need to ask. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get 
We need to get written permission from them, from the bosses in the household. So don't tell me we've got to do something. We've got to, you know, yeah. get that permission first. Definitely. And I, that, I think everybody's in that same boat. Um, I was going to go back to, 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 you know, when it comes to doctors. A lot of them actually move across the country a lot for their jobs. Yes. And I know I've talked to your uh, brother-in-law and he was telling me about your options. You had, you had options all over the country yes. and you decided to stay locally. Yeah, so when I finished my, uh, when, I, when I was applying for residency, the way it works, you apply to a lot of places across the country because there's just limited am amount of training institutions and you can't just apply to one place because a lot of times it's very competitive. And so I had options to pretty much go like to Mayo Clinic, which was a very prestigious institution, to Cleveland Clinic. Um, I once thought about going to Miami, University of Miami, just because it's Miami, <laughs> uh, you know. But the uh, reason I stayed here is because my family, because of our people, I'm just used to St. Louis. I've been here for um, not 17 years now, and I, I really consider it home, and that's the main reason I stayed. Another reason is, uh, like, Washington University is also one of the top institutions, so I really could not, I couldn't even ask for anything better, so. You know, and let me ask your guys' opinion on this one because I've been I've been thinking about it a lot. As I just mentioned, you know, doctors pack up and leave. They go from St. Louis to New York, from New York to California, from California to Chicago, um, for whatever reasons. And Bosnian Americans are so different when it comes to that yeah. stuff. So, example is my, you know, our friend. Esmir told us that one of his employees, uh, you know, he gave him a $4,000 raise and the guy moves from St. Louis to Kansas City in right. no time. In the Bosnian American community, it seems if somebody gave you like $100,000 more for you to move away from St. Louis, you would still be like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Now, is that, is, that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's kind of my question. I, I think it's double-edged sword. Uh, I think it's really good thing that you know it's very tight community and that we try to stay together and I think that's really good but at the same time sometimes good opportunities are missed so I don't know yeah I I see it more as a good than bad just because um, if I put myself in that position I like being close to my family yes I like being close to my friends I mean you can you can make friends anywhere you go I I'm aware of that and um, I do like traveling and meeting new people but I like staying close to my family and now just expecting my entire family to move just because I got a raise, I, I mean, I don't think that's being fair. And um, yeah. uh, and I'm not talking just about, about my immediate family, so I'm not just talking about my household, I'm talking about my parents, my wife's parents, my wife's sister, my sister. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more broad. I think that uh, obviously just our roots, we, we kind of like air packed tight and uh, we, um, I, I think some other communities, Asian communities, I believe, are the same way. Uh, I think they also hold on to their roots for a, for a while. Yeah, I, I, that's probably right. The question is, will that continue as a future Yeah, as, as the generations, uh, yeah. It, 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 I'm, I'm of the same opinion. I think there's a lot of opportunities missed yeah. through through the way we are, we are wired, I guess. But I also think there's a good part in it that we are so so close-knit with our family because I think f strong family structure is has enabled us as Bosnian-Americans to achieve and, you know, I want to say succeed in the United States the way we have over the past, you know, 20, 30 years. 
when it comes to future generations, I mean, the United States is not called a melting pot for nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So <coughs> our kids are going to melt into that society. So guys, don't be surprised if your kids come in tomorrow and say, hey, mom, dad, I got a job in California. See you later. Yeah. And no, something to be expected. I, guess. I hope yeah. it doesn't happen, but if it does, <laughs> I hope it doesn't. I mean, you've got a reason to go to California, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense. That makes perfect sense. I mean, the way that things are now, I think we would pack up and go too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, follow that our makes kids. Perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So, Doctor A, so have we touched upon everything? Is there anything that you would like to add that we have not asked you? Um, I think when it comes mostly to my pro professional life, I think I covered most of the things briefly. Um, I don't really have anything much to add at this time, or it doesn't come to my mind. Uh, this, this is probably another one of those topics that we can talk a while, and wouldn't be a bad idea to introduce a part two sometimes later on, especially once he starts his new job. I'm sure that he'll be have. He'll have some other cool stories to share. And, yeah. if, and if, if our, especially for our community, if they want to know more about, you know, what it entails from anesthesia perspective when they undergo surgery, I can kind of, at some point, kind of talk about that, what to expect. Because it is a little bit of a black box for most people. You just go to surgery and you think about surgery. But, uh, but there's a lot of other things to think about, too. So the, the near future is going to be just, you know, what's the long-term future when it comes to your profession, to when it comes to your job? So right now, I'm just, uh, since, um, since I'm uh, um, just finishing and my training has been really busy, I found a job kind of in a uh, in private institution, a little smaller than Barnes-Jewish, just to kind of slow down a little bit and uh, just do my job as best I can. And probably in like five to ten years, I might think about returning to academics, you know, here in St. Louis, hopefully, and then do some, you know, teaching, do some research and things like that. So he is going back to the roots. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can't fall too far away from the tree, right? I like that. Well, um, I do want to be respectful of your time, Dr. Eso, and uh, wanted to thank you very much for stopping by, talking to two of us. And Addis, thanks a lot for stopping by for sh uh, sharing your your story and uh, looking forward having you on again. Thank you, guys. I am. Uh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for having me. Thank you very much, and everybody have a wonderful rest of the day. <laughs>